Thank you for choosing the podcast of East Haven Baptist Church in Brookhaven, Mississippi. For more information on the ministries of East Haven and to access videos and sermon notes from our services, visit www.easthaven.net. A good singing. I enjoy Christmas for a number of reasons. And one of the pleasures that we have during the Christmas season is singing the Christmas songs. I, I like them all. I like the songs that have been a while, been around a while. I like the new songs. And I just enjoy singing. Though I'm not a soloist, I like to sing, especially during the Christmas season. Now, every once in a while, I'll come across a song that I think might possibly should have been a Christmas carol. And today, because of the passage, and if you have your Bible, turn back to Ephesians. We're studying Ephesians right now. We're going to go back over a passage that we looked at months ago. We'll pick up with part two of Ephesians, the last three chapters of Ephesians in February. We're going to go back to a passage that talks about God's love being deep and wide. Now, some of you may be familiar with what really is termed as a children's song. Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep. See, I knew you knew it. And those that don't, go home, not, not now, but Google it, and you can just sing along, learn the words. That could, the words, that could have been, I believe, a Christmas carol. I used to especially like it when they taught us to do this that you go deep and wide deep and wide there's a fountain and then you go mm, and wide mm, and wide there's a fountain going mm, and wide yeah you know that part too I see you I see you doing it well I just think that could have been a Christmas song because as we've gone through Advent today we land on love John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now today, we're going to look at the love of all loves. Not necessarily brotherly love, Philadelphia type of love, eros love, romantic type of love. We're going to look at what God describes as his love. He represents love, and it is deep and wide. Here we go. In Ephesians chapter 3, the prayer for the Ephesians, verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. He's praying that they had understood everything that he had said, and he understood that because they have a relationship with Christ, if you admit your sin, put your faith in him alone, there's a relationship. And he was praying for them. And he's, then he just says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Meaning, not just a one-time experience, but that God would be your life. Not just a part of your life, but be your life through faith. And I pray, he says, that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of 
God. Now, let's take time for just a few moments. Well, maybe more than a few moments, but just a little while this Christmas Eve Sunday morning to talk about that love, that amazing love that we so often talk about when we think about John 3.16, but we're going to pull it from the text and other places. The first thing, if you have your listing sheet, it's listed there. The first thing is this. Jesus is love. Now, the Bible mentions love in the canon of Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, over and over, time and time again. It talks about Philadelphia love. It talks about romantic love. It talks about agape love. So, it is not an unfamiliar subject when it comes to God's Word. We know that in 1 Corinthians 13, oftentimes, if you go to a wedding ceremony, they're going to read the love chapter. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love is, and you go through all that. So it's all through the scriptures. Even though man sinned in the garden, he loved us so much that he had a plan of redemption for us. That's what John 3.16, in essence, is all about. His redeeming plan was to bring us into a relationship with, one of love. Now, if you have your Bible, I want to invite you to turn to 1 John. If not, these other texts that I'll be referring to as cross, what we call cross-references, cross you just listen. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12, listen to what the apostle says. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. If you walk in your Bible, you might mark that. We're going to come back to that in a minute. As a atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us. And his love is made complete in us. Jesus is love. God is love. There are many symbols that abound concerning Christianity. One of the greatest symbols that we can see is the cross. That's why so often people might have a hat with a cross on it. They might have an emblem. They might have a, a logo that has a cross. In Christianity, now there have been some that try to misrepresent the cross of Jesus Christ in some perverted type of way, unbiblical, ungodly, unloving way. But the cross that Jesus came and died on for your sin and mine is the cross I'm referring to. 1 Corinthians 1, 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. That's why I am a fan of the cross. I think it symbolizes what that passage just said when it says, This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Jesus is love. There are people out there that have not experienced his love. 
They don't understand it. They don't understand having hope and peace, the type that is biblical peace, the joy that we talked about and today's love. They don't get it. And so that's why in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says that we should share the love of Christ all over the world, here and around the world. That's why we've had these videos. That's why we give to the cooperative program. That's why we have the one cent offering. That's why we understand who Lottie Moon is and why we give the Christmas offering. I am for that. I grew up with that. I believe in it. I'm so thankful for it. I'm thankful we've got missionaries going on trips this next year. I'm thankful we have people that are ra- that were raised here that are on the mission field. I'm running more and more about those folks. I am all about that. But I'm going to tell you what. I like what J. Oswald Sanders said. The light that shines farthest shines brightest at home. Now, let us understand it's not either or, it's both and. We need to get pumped about missionaries and Lottie Moon. But I'm going to tell you what. We can't get so pumped about that that we forget home. And the fact there are people that don't know the love of Christ and they need to know Jesus. Now, how do we do that? We do that by doing what we're doing right now. We do that by, 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 by feeding people that don't have food. We do that by providing resources in nursing homes. I mean, we could go on and on. We do that because of what we do on Wednesdays with all age groups. We do that in Sunday school. We could go on and on. We do that because we allow people to use their gifts and talents to lead us in worship. We could go on and on. But I'm going to tell you something. There's no way I could tell you how fired up I am about a big old cross literal cross that's going to be on our property in the new year by the grace of God. The way that God orchestrated that, man can't orchestrate that. I can tell you this, if there are people that don't understand it, I don't understand them. I've got my ideas about why, and I'm not going to get into that, but I'm going to tell you what, there are people out there that will never come in church but they see a big old cross, kind of like watching Christmas lights. There's people that go around and say, oh, have you heard about the Christmas lights over here? Oh, let's go see them. Listen, we're talking about day in and day out, a 150-foot cross on our property with lights that are bright, shining, no shadow, by God's grace, seeing the cross. How can we not get excited about that? God has provided He's had people that, as our people have contacted them, well, what about, the, what about uh, putting the, helping us with this, the land, the, the, the digging, or all the stuff that goes into that? They say, oh, man, I'm excited y'all are doing that because we, we want to do what we can to give a discount. We want to do what we, we can to help. Why? Because it's, it's, it's for the Lincoln County. It's for South Mississippi. Listen, if it's everything we hope it'll be, there'll be people that'll be able to see it when they drive by. Now, folks, let's not lose sight of missions here at home and the impact that it can have on people that we may never know this side of heaven. I can just imagine this. Families driving down the, uh, down the interstate. Maybe they've been in New Orleans. Maybe they're driving back to Madison. Maybe things didn't go real great at New Orleans. Maybe they went down on Bourbon Street and things didn't work out so good. Maybe they're feeling a little guilt Maybe some college students from MC took a road trip to New Orleans. Can you imagine any students at MC doing that? 
What are y'all looking at me for? <laughs> I mean, there's all kind of folks that are going to be coming, just to say, they're driving and they're, 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 something's going on in their life. Or maybe they got news that a loved one had passed away. And they may or may not know Jesus, but they know the cross represents him. And they see this bright light and they come through. We're not taking up money when people come through. Well, you want to come to the cross? You want to go to the prayer card? Well, you need to give us 50. No, 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 no. Because of the blessing of you and an impact for the community and beyond, you have given. So this cross is a place where people can come and pray and share and cry and laugh because they know the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm telling you, it's going to make a difference. Look, I'm getting fired up. We ain't even got to January yet. We got some stuff going on that needs to happen inside and outside. But I'm making sure you don't misunderstand or miss the opportunity we're going to have because of God's grace with this cross. The light that shines farthest shines brightest at home. God is love. Jesus who is the infinite God-man, is love. And secondly, love defines believers. Near the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, he's with his disciples. And this is what he says. A new command I give you, love one another. As, As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We're to love our spouse, we're to love our children, we're to love our family members, we're to forgive one another, we're to be reconciled if we can. Reconciliation is different. That takes both parties being willing to come together and get things right. There's give and take. But we are to forgive everybody. We're to love. It is a mark of a Christian Jesus is with his disciples. He's hanging out. They're trying to figure out what's going on. He said, hey, hey, hey. They will know you are my disciples by your love. The kind of love that Jesus showed. The kind of love the Bible teaches. The kind of love that Luke 13 points out. But when you give a feast, he said, Jesus, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Now, before I move on to the third point, I'm going to tell you this. We got another thing coming up. February is called Night to Shine. It's not just for our church. It's for Lincoln County and South Mississippi and beyond. You can Google it. You'll see what it's about. It's a Tim Tebow event that happens one night all over the world. For those with special needs in a prom with a, uh, an unconditional type of love where people, not just at East Haven but beyond, that Hope and others have been working hard. They've been praying about it, getting people to support it financially and being a buddy for people. You talk about love. I cannot wait to be a part of something like that. And I'm thankful to be a part of a church that gets it. Doing something for someone that might never be able to do anything for you. That's God's love. Now, I cannot wait. And I'm so thankful. I just sometimes envision what this place will look like. 
with all the different people and the people that have got involved. Love defines believers. And thirdly and lastly, love is radical. Let me show you what that looks like in Scripture. For example, in Matthew 5, 43 and 44, Jesus said, You have heard what it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those that have persecuted you. Do you have people ever give you a hard time, don't support you? Absolutely you do. If you live long enough, it'll happen, and it might come in surprising places. You know the best thing to do is start praying for them by name. They may be praying for you by name. I'll take it. I need all the prayer I can get. But I'm telling you, when we start praying for that person, it's amazing what God will begin to do. And that's what he says. It's radical. Love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those that persecute you. Listen, Jesus befriended tax collectors. He spoke with the Samaritan woman at the well. You weren't supposed to do that. There were racial issues there. There were, there were issues as far as speaking to other, uh, the opposite sex. And then I want you to turn to Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through 37. This is a very familiar passage, Luke 10, beginning with, um, I'll, I'll start on verse 25. This is the parable of the Good Samaritan on occasion. An expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. They were trying to mess with him, trying to trick him. And then this is what Jesus did. Jesus would often tell a parable, which was a story to illustrate a truth. And then this is what he says. He wanted to justify himself, this legalistic teacher of the law. So he asked Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? Because he talked about love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. When he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite. When he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, verse 33, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn to, 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 to take care of him. The next day he took out a tenth denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you have had. Which of these three do you think, Jesus said, was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus said, go and do likewise. God's love is radical. Platt wrote a book years ago called Radical. It was about this type of love. And let me explain what a a radical type of love is. It's when teenagers will go to a nursing home. Smiling and loving and singing and giving. When students will take time out of their holidays or busy schedule to go and bless others. That's radical and a radical group of leaders. It's when a group of men repairing a home of a widow that they don't even know because they love God. It'll cause a neighbor to visit a neighbor in the community that's very different and share Christmas goodies. goodies. It can lead someone to leave a distressed waitress an even greater tip during the holidays. It's radical, but it can leave a memory that will never, ever be forgotten. In Romans chapter 8, it says this about love. What then shall we say? In response to these things, 
If God is for us, who can be against us? Who who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all? How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I don't know about you, but I like to get the daily leader. I like to know what's going on in Lincoln County. And so this weekend, there was a heading that especially got my attention. Because even though I've been here almost a year, there's still some things going on in Brookhaven I don't know about. There may be some things I don't need to know about. But here was the heading. And some of you probably saw this. Pot-bellied pet needs a new home outside the city. And I learned about this pot-bellied pig that evidently has been around our fair city for a while. He just kind of hangs out on roads and people, I guess, feed him and maybe are brave enough to pet him. I don't know about that, but there's some concern in the city. The police have been called at times and they'll kind of get the, you know, the pig out of out of the road or I mean it's a pretty amazing story uh I I personally when I was reading I thought I'm shocked this pig is still around because I don't know about you but I like ham (laughs) especially ham sandwiches you heat it up put on bread mayonnaise pepper oh man that is the bomb but anyway he's been hanging around and he needs a home outside the city now I got to tell you you probably know the first person I thought of. I thought about Brother Phil. <laughs> I've been trying to get him to get a pet. Phil, get a cat or a dog or a turtle. I gave him a turtle. Remember, we gave him a turtle. He put it in the backyard. He said, well, I went out there the next day and it was gone. <laughs> Should have put a leash on it or something. So anyway, I thought about Brother Phil. But then I read that key outside the city. So that's not going to work. So I don't know who in here is supposed to have that pig, but that pig needs a home. And then it hit me. Story of the prodigal son. He was lost. He was away from his father. He was feeding the pigs, and it came to him. God restored him. He got him back in a right relationship with his father. And Jesus told that parable and that story for you and for me. And it may be you're here today or you're watching or you're listening and maybe you've, you need to come home. You've just been away. Didn't, didn't set out to do that, but over the time you've just kind of 
gone out or drifted out of fellowship with God, maybe today, I mean, what a great day on Christmas Eve to come home while we're singing, talk to the Lord, come to the altar, talk to somebody. You, you know how to do that if you need to come home. But you also may be here listening and you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why he came. He who knew no sin became sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Oh, my. That's great news. Because we can't be good enough. We put our faith in Jesus alone and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm trusted in you. Help me. Help me. Trust me. If you've never done that, I'd encourage you to do that. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer, and then we're going to stand, and then we're going to respond to God's invitation, however God is leading you to do that. We'll have some staff members here to pray with you or to pray for you if that's something that God leads you to do. But just don't leave here without responding in a way that the Holy Spirit is leading you to respond, whatever that means for you. Dear God, we thank you for the gift of eternal life and abundant life. I pray now for those that may need to make a decision at home, listening in the car, or right here in our worship center today. Dear Christ, I pray for courage. Sometimes the first step is the hardest step. So whatever that step is, coming home, trusting you for the first time, I pray it will be taken. In Christ's name, amen. Let's stand and sing and respond as God leads.